Let's see it, friends, and welcome to the world of Transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At the World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. Happy Friday. How are you, my friend? Man, I'm great. I'm great. Uh, It's one of these things, Phil, that uh, I was hoping we could, uh, you know, announce that uh, there's been aliens, but, you know, we'll get into that in just a minute. Well, the title of the show that I wanted to use was, We're Not Saying It's Aliens, NASA Is, right? That That was the name that this show was going to have. And unfortunately, our show is called, We're Once Again, Not Saying It's Aliens. Plus, we've got a really old shark, and we'll get to the, uh, we'll get to the old shark. Uh, this is what we pretty much expect out of these big NASA announcements. Every time NASA says they're making a big announcement about exoplanets, it's usually something really cool, and it's never aliens so far. So far, they've not found life on other planets. Now, was there any reason for us to think that they might have made a really big discovery like that this time? Or is it just that every time one of these announcements gets out, somebody thinks, oh, they must have found life on other planets, and somehow that just starts the rumor mill? Or, Well, it, there is, there are ways that they could uh, have a pretty good uh, idea that it, uh, it might be life on a planet. There's, there's something called, I think it's thermal equilibrium. Mm-hmm. And, and basically, the, the idea is that the only real way that we know that, that, uh, that a planet could achieve that is, is if there's life. Okay. Right. For a life process, and uh, there, apparently, there's reason to believe that uh, we could probably spot that from a great distance, and um, and so so far we haven't, and uh, and we and uh, as of uh, the announcement Thursday, is that something we could do with Kepler though? Is that something we'll need a more advanced instrument you know, to do? That's a good question, but uh, um, you know, because I, I, I don't I don't have the answer to that. I don't I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, it seems like they're still mostly looking at motions and a little bit of spectro- spectroscopy, however you pronounce that, <laughs> spectroscopy. But uh, I don't know about temperature, if they're, if they're able to read that. Although they're able to put a lot together, and that's really cool. If you, if you look at this story, I mean, well, let's, first let's talk about what is the big news. The big news is that we found a solar system with eight planets, just like ours. Uh, very much like ours. Um, now, you know what? This wouldn't be nearly as big a news if we hadn't demoted Pluto. Right. That's right. It's a solar system very much like ours. It only has eight planets. Yeah, NASA would have had to wait until they found another planet in that system or another nine-planet system before they could have had their press conference. So that's right. This this is another way that demoting Pluto has paid off big. Um. Well, they, and here's the thing that I find remarkable about this news, Bill, is that. Uh, you know, it's it's not just a transit anymore that they can they can they can determine if uh, there's planets there. They, you know, if uh, if if you have to wait for a, a a planet to cross between us and its star, then if it, if it's situated properly, you may never see a transit, right? Right, right. If you're looking down on the star from the point of view of the planet that's going around it uh, or up at it, right? Uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna see a transit, and so. Um, 
but it's uh, that's that's not the case anymore. We can spot we can spot planets uh, and therefore whole solar systems now, and uh, we've gotten that good at exo at the work of exoplanets that we can we can see systems now, and not just you know occasionally catch a glimpse of a tra- as a planet making a transit. So that's I think that's that's awesome. Well, the, the, yeah, and the big and the big news here was that Google was involved and that machine learning was involved. That we've been we've been talking about machine learning all week, and here's another way it's helping us out. And in fact, that was kind of what you said at the end of the day on Wednesday was, well, here's here's some more machine learning news, and we'll be able to talk about it on Friday. And here we are, in fact, talking about it that they were able to find this planet by letting a machine learning algorithm just go nuts with a big pile of data. And I don't know if you got to hear any of the any of the press conference at all, but the astro- first the astronomer and then the I guess he's a data scientist. Or a computer program, or whatever it is the 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 guy from Google who was actually working the the machine learning algorithm. They were talking about the fact that there is just so much data coming off Kepler, and there's good data in there, but how do you find it? And in fact, they ended up using a pattern recognition algorithm, not unlike what Google uses to recognize a cat or a dog. Right now, it's going on and it's looking at Kepler data. You and know, finding you recognize the solar system now. That's yeah. Kind of, <laughs> that's pretty neat. I like that. Well, so we were talking before the show, Stephen, and you were saying that, obviously, on a scale from 1 to 10, had it been aliens, that's a 10. Right. And you were going to give it a, I, I won't a say three, for you. Uh, or maybe a 4 uh, in importance because, you know, if uh, if the goal is to find life on other planets or to, to in the alternative find planets that we might one day settle were we to get that good at getting out into the stars uh, that we would want to find a second home then the, the odds of us being able to do either of those things finding you know other life or, or finding other places to settle down just got it just got a whole lot better right our odds got better because we're now seeing whole solar systems now and and you know, I, at this point, Phil, I'm, I'm, uh, I think that uh, the, the typical astronomer has to be believing that, you know, systems are what every star has. Right? Well, in fact, there you go. Okay, see, to me, if, if this is a two or three or a four, fine. But to me, the buried lead here is the NASA spokesman says, when Kepler launched in March 2009, scientists didn't know how common planets were beyond our solar system. Thanks to Kepler's treasure trove of discoveries, Astronomers now believe there may be at least one planet orbiting every star in the sky. To me, that is the big discovery Kepler has made. That's bigger than eight planets on this particular star or any of the Earth-like planets or anything. To me, this is the huge breakthrough. And it, they kind of buried the lead as far as I'm concerned, right? And I guess it's, it's because it's a realization they've come to sort of gradually. It doesn't occur to them that that is a huge news story, right? This is, And I don't think there's a single star that's close enough to get a good look at that they've and and that they've taken a good look at that they haven't seen planets. I think yeah. it's just it's, planets are there. You know, when a, when a star forms, find a star. You found some planets. Yeah, That's yeah. Seems, you, seems to be star, is, what we've if learned. If there's enough stuff to make a star, then there's going to be stuff left over to make planets. And that's yeah, if we ever find a star without a planet, something weird happened. I yeah. think we're almost to that stage where yeah. we can say that. And. So that's cool. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the sheer number of planets increases the likelihood that we'll eventually find somebody out there, for sure. Absolutely does. And the chances that we'll find somebody out there, Stephen, increases the odds that we'll find somebody really evil out there who's out to get us. So I just thought I'd 
Well, you know, are, are we find a, a bunch of great friends too. Who knows? Well, there you go. Okay, thank you. Well, so Good I'm point. I'm three on this uh, in importance. You know, with ten being you know incontrovertible proof of aliens, and one being you know basically nothing. What, yeah, I, I will say that's a three, and that every star has a planet is like a nine, right? So, eight or a nine. Okay, so we got some other we got some other stories to talk about here before we. Before we wrap up our week with a big old geek out, uh, how about this? Bitcoin mining is using so much energy that it is causing electricity blackouts amid fears it will consume more power than the world by 2020. <laughs> so that is a pretty dramatic headline over there at uh, the Daily Mail. And, you know, reading through this, uh, some experts say Bitcoin mining is consuming more power than used by 159 countries. Okay, those are the 159 countries that don't use all that much power, but still. That's that's a lot. They're using 31 terawatt hours of energy per year. Uh, if you compare it to Ireland, they use 23 terawatt hours of energy in a, in a year, right? And only 309 terawatts for the whole of the UK. So, I mean, basically 10% of all the power used by the UK in a year is going to Bitcoin um, worldwide, right? So... There's this concern that it's creating a big carbon footprint, that it's not sustainable, that eventually we'll need more power to drive Bitcoin than than we'll have. And I look at this and I go, wow, you know, for all the hype about blockchain and all the hype about how you can get rich in Bitcoin and all the, I think, growing sense that this must be some kind of enormous bubble, you know, did it never occur to anyone how what, what kind of infrastructure it would take for this currency to exist at this level, I guess I guess it probably never did, did it? Well, um, and you know, it, this 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 sort of story makes me think that it's got to be a bubble. So if if uh, if it really does require this this much power, this much infrastructure, then it's, I mean, you know, if something can't go on forever, then it won't. It won't. It's not like we're gonna we're gonna suddenly discover new energy sources so we can keep growing Bitcoin, right? I mean. There, there are other, even more pressing demands for power. <laughs> <laughs> even more important, perhaps. You right. Know, you know, of course, what what Bitcoin mining is is solving very difficult um, mathematical problems. Uh, you know, I, one would hope that uh, you know some of the, some of this processing, with the, the the problems that are solved, are actually useful. You know, and and, uh, and can can have secondary uh, benefits. You know. They were, um, remember SETI at home and the protein folding thing at home and things like that? Oh, yeah. There's none of that. There's none of that in Bitcoin. This doesn't do that. There was. Yeah. (laughs) All it does is it unlocks another number and you get a coin, right? (laughs) That's all it does. So if you find the number, you get a coin. It's it's more like a big game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Than anything else. It's like a big puzzle game and people are getting richly rewarded now, theoretically. For for finding the the hidden puzzles. Well, I don't know. It, we just we it have, seems we've we heard some, uh, technically minded listeners that uh, want to start their own blockchain. You know, our our advice to you is that uh, make the problem solving that requires the you know for mining of your coin, whatever it is, make it useful secondarily, right? Uh, you know, right. Uh, well, contribution I... to mankind. Uh, uh, you know, by finding aliens with steady at home or, or protein <laughs> folding, you know, so that uh, diseases can be cured. That, you know, we're just saying. I'm throwing that out as a, as a that, I think that's a good idea. I think that's a good idea. Have all that processing power be accomplishing some 
some worthy end. I also think that they're just the whole thing needs to be rethought, perhaps. And the other thing is, I was reading this other article. I didn't link it for this show, but we'll we'll, we'll talk about it at some point. Is simply that Bitcoin hasn't really delivered on any of its promises. It was supposed to be a currency. It was supposed to be the secure currency, and instead it's become this huge speculation vehicle. And those are almost opposites, right? They, they actually have very little to do with each other. You know, the, the, things you, the things you put your money into to grow it and the, things, and the money you have to spend to buy things are two different things, right? And right now, everyone who's going into Bitcoin, they're doing it not because they want to use Bitcoin as a currency. It's because they want to make a killing off Bitcoin and turn it back into other currency and, and get rich. What good is that, right? I mean, it's just it's it's another it's another way to get rich on the internet. So that's exciting, but we already had a lot of those. And meanwhile, the promise of this completely secure, completely decentralized currency, I think, goes undelivered. So I, yeah, the other thing I would say to a technically minded person is deliver on the actual promise, right? Somebody somebody create a real blockchain currency that'll that'll be used, like you know, kind of like PayPal, right? Something that works like PayPal, um, only that is its own currency. I think that would uh, that would be a lot better too. Well, anyway, stay tuned. We'll we'll keep tracking the Bitcoin saga as it unfolds. I just th- this was a amidst all the hype, this was a pretty alarming headline. Yeah. I, it, it really it, uh, <laughs> and and it, I think it's a it's a bit of a wake up you know call uh, for, for for if you've drunk if you drunk the Kool Aid, uh, read this. It's it's uh, you know I I'm not suggesting that there's uh, that. <laughs> that there's nothing to it, uh, to, uh, to blockchain, but, uh, there's this issue and needs to be addressed. I, I really. On the other that. hand, the Winklevoss twins say it's going to be worth trillions. Okay. So. That's true. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Daily Mail, Winklevoss twins. You gotta, you know, it's, it's all out there. You just gotta, you gotta make up your own mind. Okay. How about this though? This shark could be the oldest living vertebrate at 512 years old. Now this is so cool because they found these Danish scientists found a Greenland shark, which apparently a Greenland shark is a well-known species of shark, and we know how long it takes them to grow, and you don't grow very fast up in that cold water, and this one is 18 feet. And so they crunched the numbers and did the math and said, for in order for a Greenland shark to be 18 feet plus long, it's got to be a half a millennium old. So Either, it's, either that or, or it's, um, you know... We don't we don't know everything there is to know about how they grow, which is possible also, right? Well, that's true. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe there was a, maybe it had a growth spurt. And it's only three hundred years old, but <laughs> but you wouldn't expect them to speed up after two hundred or something, right? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's so you know, I mean, I don't know how many what the next oldest shark they ever found was, which which might factor into it, but it's it, you, the, the bottom line is it's probably at least a couple hundred years old. Right. Yeah, it's an old, old shark. My, my, my crack. I was trying, you know, I was sitting there uh, thinking, you know, what, what funny thing could be said about this? Uh, finally, I said, you know what? We're going to need a bigger clipper ship. Exactly. Okay, whatever. <laughs> well, well, actually, my my quip These on Facebook was, <laughs> you know, my my quip was. Uh, uh, the most amazing part is that she uh, smokes a pack a day. Right? <laughs> now I was going to say three packs, but I thought that would just be silly. Yeah, you know, yeah like, no way. No, no shark could make it to 512 years old. Yeah, smoking three packs a day. <laughs> One pack, you could kind of believe that. You know, yeah, up there in the, 
up there in the cold water. But I would think about that, though. If this shark actually is 500 years old, that's going to take that shark back to the year roughly 1517, I guess, right? Yeah. Wow. I mean, think about that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, we're talking about uh, it hadn't been that long since uh, Constantinople fell, right? It yeah. had just been a few decades since Columbus discovered America. I mean, it was just, you know, this this shark is very old. I'm trying to think of what it's older than. I, well, I'm getting it. Greenland uh, shark, then it would kind of be part of it. And, you know, it, it, and, and, and if it's called Greenland shark because it's from that part of the world, then it, it could very well be, you know, that, that it could be an old enough shark to where there weren't people around <laughs> in that part of the world at the time that that shark, you know. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, started growing up. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a, that is an old shark. It's a very different world than the shark came and came around. So just put it this way: that shark was 400 years old when World War One ended. Okay. <laughs> That's, that's, that shark was 300 years old during the War of 1812. Okay, that's how old that shark is. Okay, that's, that's just. But 512 years you reach, Bill, look as good you will not. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I will. That is one fine-looking animal. So you know, I just want to say a belated or early. I don't know what it is. Happy birthday to that shark. And it, it's uh, it's a great scientific discovery. Also proof if it is proof that vertebrates can live a long, long, long time. So let's see what we can learn from these sharks who can make it for 500 years. It's, it, it's proof that a, that a large animal doesn't have to break down after a century or two, that it, that it can keep going. There's, so, a, there's a proof of concept there, isn't there? I, I, I find that very encouraging to large animals like us, right? You know, if a shark can do it, why can't we do it? So. Yeah. Let's figure that one out. Let's figure that out, right. Exactly. Okay, so here's why your attitude, Stephen, is more important than your intelligence. Well, this is so, <laughs> This is good news, right? Because you can do something about your attitude. I, I don't mean you personally. Uh, people like my yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, tell me why. Because I don't know how much we're going to do about that intelligence, Stephen, but your attitude uh, you can change, right? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Uh, what this comes down to is it's, it's actually the intelligence part isn't that big of a deal. It, what, what it's really about is whether you have what they call a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. And I think you think about it, a growth mindset is kind of a world-transformed mindset. Right? And a fixed mindset is kind of a, like all those other podcasts out there kind of a mindset. Right? But, <laughs> but, but, I, but seriously, I mean, it's the difference between kind of looking at the world as, as something that's changeable, something that you can leverage possibilities within versus looking at yourself and the world as being kind of fixed entities. I guess it really has to do more with looking at yourself as kind of a fixed entity. If you look at the little chart that accompanies the link we're we're showing here, you know, it seems to it seems to come down to how you react to challenges. Are you going to embrace them or are you going to avoid them? How you react to obstacles? Do you keep going against them in the face of setbacks or do you give up easily? Do you see effort as fruitless or do you see effort as the path to mastery and what do you do with criticism? So the growth mindset, it turns out, is a better determiner of success than IQ. That's actually where the whole intelligence thing comes in. This. I've seen this. Um, yeah. I, I've, 
I've seen people that, uh, you know, you, you would consider amiable dunces, right? I mean, that, I mean, they just get in there and they, you know, they never say die and they, they work hard and, they, and it's amazing what they accomplish. And then you see other people extremely intelligent that use their intelligence to come up with reasons why it's this or that can't be done. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, uh, it's, 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 it's a shame. It, you know, I, I guess to put it this way, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't matter how much horsepower you have between your ears if you're determined. To, you know, if if you're determined to to go forward, uh, you're going to go forward. Uh, and uh, you know, and <laughs> right. Well, I I think that you know, it's part of it is if you if you're intelligent enough to see all the possibilities, you see all the ones, and and you can talk yourself out of things easily, right? Intelligence can. It really just depends on whether you're working it constantly in a particular direction, or whether you're working it back against yourself, right? So, it's it's like it's like any other trait. It can either help you or it can it can ultimately hinder you. And there was a point in my life, I think, before I had had a lot of exposure to Silicon Valley and a lot of exposure to some of the technology people that I've. Met since then, but there was a time in my life when most of the really successful, like self-made successful people I had met, I would have categorized as like average or a little less. You know what I mean in terms of intelligence? They I would have said be these talked out of whatever crazy idea that they had. That made them... Right, right. You know, they, they, you know, you know, no matter how many smart people told them they were full of crap, they just didn't hear it. And they just right. Kept... Well, yeah. I mean, I, this, this one guy—I I won't say who he was—he would—he would start telling me his idea, and I'd just be like, "Well, that's not going to work, and that's not going to work, and that's not going to work." And he—he was—he wouldn't have listened if I'd said anything anyway. Right. And of course, he went out and made millions, right? right? Because it didn't matter that none of that stuff worked. He was just going to keep going until he did it anyway. So. <laughs> well, it's, it's you know, it's in a, in a way, it's a little bit like the you know, a uh, uh, thousand ways not to make a light bulb. You know, exactly. If yeah. you're staying at, if, you, if your goal is to make a light bulb, as Edison said his goal was, then you're, you're just not going to be, you're not going to see uh, these efforts to make a light bulb that didn't work out as failures. That's just, you know, that's just, that's just uh, your path to get into a light bulb. You don't, you don't see that as failure. You see a bunch of ways you don't make a light bulb. And now, I know, now I know not to do it that way. I'm going to try it this other way. You just stay exactly. Exactly. That's cool, and I I I completely agree uh, with that. Yeah, we're not down on intelligence. The 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 only problem I have with this headline is is it tries it makes it sound like there's that intelligence uh, is is not a good thing. It's also a good thing. But what you want is you want that plus a growth mindset. You want to have both of those things working in your corner. If you've got the growth mindset, the intelligence will work for you. That's the that's the point. And with that, Stephen, let's marshal our own intelligence because it's geek out time and this is a very special weekend we don't get these weekends every weekend this <laughs> we get is a star wars premiere weekend to the disney corporation we uh we get a new we can talk about a new star wars movie once a year now that's pretty great yeah which is probably too often it's probably too frequently but but uh but it's way more often than we used to that's for sure. So it's a very special day. So here we are. We're going to give our daylight predictions and wish list for Star Wars The Last Jedi. Now, I'm assuming you didn't go off last night to a midnight show, and you're not going to like make predictions that are actually spoilers, right? You have not seen Absolutely the movie not. at this point. And, uh, um, and in fact, I'm not even going to make I, – I, you know, Phil, you may – I don't know. You, you may criticize my predictions for being nonspecific. Uh, but uh, I, 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 doubt I you, you can rest assured I will. Let's hear one. Go, give me one. What's one of your predictions? Okay, give me um, one of these based, wishy-washy based predictions. The, uh, based on the amount of uh, uh, a 
called Chatter and, uh, and, and the reviewers that I'm reading, this is going to be the best Star Wars movie since Empire. That's a prediction. That's hmm. not, not a spoiler. It's just, uh, it's, um, I mean, the Chatter is huge for this thing. This thing is supposed to be great. But most of those people are corporate shills, right? And they all said the same thing about, uh, <laughs> you know, right? These are all these bloggers and stuff who take money from Disney. They also they said the same thing about Rogue One, which was good. But it's like we can't every year have a movie that's oh the best movie since uh, Empire. But maybe it will be. Maybe it will be. But come on, some specifics, Stephen. Give us a. Okay, well, um, uh, let me give you one. Okay, I think Luke's gonna die. There, I'm gonna, that's I'm, mine. I may be the non-specific guy today, but uh, go ahead with your specific. Luke's gonna die. Luke Skywalker's a dead man. I think they they killed Han in the last one, and they just have to keep killing old guard characters. I mean, logically, they should kill Princess Leia because the actress is dead. Right, right. right. I, that, and that, I was about to bring that up in, in as <laughs> in, in as diplomatic a way as I as I can. You know. <laughs> yes. Why, why Carrie Fisher, R.I.P. I wish she was still with us. But uh, I just think story-wise, it looks like the swan song for Luke. I mean, just based on everything we've seen up to this point, I, I don't think Luke's going to make it. I don't know. What do you think? Okay, I, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to say okay. that Luke survives. Uh, and, I hope so. I hope you're right. Yeah. But so, I'm predicting I'm predicting that because they never do anything I want. So I'm thinking if, if I predict Luke is going to die, maybe they'll let him live. There's um, no spoiler in this movie. And what's that? Do not get spoiled on this movie, uh, you know, by listening too much to the internet or whatever before you get a chance to go see it. Oh, no, no, these are just my, these are, these are my, purely my predictions. These are, yeah, yeah. These, I, I'm just, I'm just telling our audience, you know, that, uh, there is, there is some huge, huge thing, some huge reveal in this movie that's on par with, no, Luke, I am your father. That's ah. Not, there's some huge, some, some huge thing. Well, it's got to do with Snoke, right? It's got to do with either Snoke or with, uh, Ray, or with some connection between those two, right? Maybe so. Maybe so. Huh. Interesting. Also, here's another prediction. I predict that Ray is not a Skywalker or a Solo or a Kenobi. Okay, I'll go along with that. Because that, that would be awesome if she was not. Yeah. But <laughs> it needs to be a bigger galaxy than you know. <laughs> yeah, we need some new families in this galaxy. Yeah. I, I read one theory a few weeks ago. Somebody was just convinced that she's a Palpatine. And I'm like, well, that's kind of interesting. If they could, uh, if if they could, if they could work out that that storyline, that would be pretty cool. I don't know. What what do we call these these little uh, bird creatures? They're porgs. Is that it? Yeah, Porg? Pongs or porgs or something. I don't know. Whatever they are. Are they, are they the new Ewoks? Are they going to be annoying? You're going to like them. Oh, uh, you know, I if it depends on uh, how much screen time they get. If they, if if uh, just you know if it's just a sprinkle here and there within the movie. They'll be cute and uh, no problem. But if they, you know, there's a tendency sometimes if you got something like an Ewok that you're just gonna, you know, those things are just gonna be poured all over the movie and and, it, and to the point that it, it gets annoying. And uh, and 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 uh, Return of the Jedi was a bit that way. You know, the thing about Return of the Jedi was I was thinking about this the other day that would have because. The story could be made believable, right? That the Empire didn't really expect to see any kind of resistance down there on that moon. So they sent a rump force, and all that was there were Ewoks, and they look like teddy bears. And then it turns out that they're like these really fierce, nasty creatures. But we never saw the fierce and nasty. You know what I mean? That was the. It's like gremlins, you know, where they were so cute, but then they also had like this really nasty side to them. 
Um, that's what was missing. And yeah, sure they're cute now, but there's going to be more of them, and they're going to turn ugly somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Like that. Exactly like that. That's right. Like those cute little things in Galaxy Quest, or like the Chub Chubs. I don't know if you ever saw that movie, right? Yeah. They 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 needed to have that other side. So it'll be interesting to see if Porgs have another side. Okay. I, I like I like hey, cute I like characters. Crystal and foxes. That was to me. I thought that was much cooler than the Porg things or whatever they are. Uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Have you seen those uh, in the uh, previews? No. Um, well, they look like. They look like foxes made out of crystals. They're beautiful, actually. Well, where where do we see them? Oh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> just saw it in the preview. Oh, oh, so it's in it's in the new Star Wars movie. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, in the, yeah, these are in the new Star Wars movie, the crystal foxes. Oh, okay. No, I, oh, I haven't even seen that. They look like crystal foxes, so yeah, you'll see. Well, that sounds kind of cool. Hey, yeah. Definitely, the Star Wars universe needs more animals, and it needs new creatures. So, so that's all good. Although, you know, if they want to bring back the old. Uh, Oh, what's he even called? I can't even remember now. The monster that lives down there in Jabba's uh, dungeon. Oh yeah. The, what's uh, he called? Oh gosh. I can't think of it. Um, they, because they, my kids and I play that game all the time. They, we have that on on the X. Ex- you know, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They can bring him back sometime. He was he was pretty cool. But yeah. generally, cool new cool new creatures is a thing to look forward to. I'm very psyched about the movie. I'm looking forward to it. I don't think anything will be as good as Empire Strikes Back. I'm a grumpy old man about that kind of stuff, but. Uh, um, but uh, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be good. I think they got a great cast. The thing is, and, you know, no matter how good it is, we won't get to watch it as a teenager. So that's the problem. Well, that's the thing. That's exactly right. Well, we got to see Empire when we were young, and uh, we're gonna see this movie now. But uh, it's, it's still gonna be awesome. I, I, it'll be. I, it, it will be awesome, and I'm sure everyone listening, a lot of you have already seen it, and you know. So leave a comment. Let us know what we got right, what we got wrong. I predict. That uh, there will be another Star Wars movie next year. That one. <laughs> That's a good prediction. I think I'm going to be. I'm going to completely go along with that. That one will come and, true. And, and, and I, I predict uh, further that it'll be about Han Solo. So. We'll see. Ah, well, wow. Ah, you are, you are really painting yourself into a corner on that one, Stephen. But uh, I don't know. The future is full of surprises. We'll see what happens. Hey, speaking of the future, we are going to be back next week and the following week. We're only going to be on uh, for two shows each of those weeks. We're taking it a little bit easy for the holidays. So look forward to being with you all, and until next time, live to see it.